Hi everybody, my name is Ben and welcome to Headcanon, the podcast dedicated to exploring the vast reaches of cinematic universes that never were and never shall be. Every week on this podcast, I select a movie at random from a carefully curated list of some of the weirdest and most obscure movies I've never seen, I watch and review it, and then I try to imagine what it would be like if I was given the opportunity to expand it into a soulless, cash-grab multimedia franchise. I pitch sequels, prequels, spin-offs, crossovers, gritty reboots, TV adaptations, video games, and even porn parodies. And sometimes, I forget to think of a little stinger for the end of this thing, because this is like the third episode I've recorded today, and, well, what do you want from me? <laughs> Sorry, that's, I, I usually try to think of that, like, right before I, I say it, and this time I didn't have anything, so, uh, sorry about that. Anyway, today's episode is about Project Metal Beast, and I'm gonna pause right there for a second, because I don't know if I was too lazy or didn't care enough to put in the little, little thing that I, I planned to do, the little edit, where... I was going to do, like, every time I say Project Metal Beast, there'd be, like, a metal riff, like, but I've already said it, like, two or three times, and I may just, like, go, fuck it, because I'm going to say it, like, a lot as I record a podcast about the movie Project Metal Beast, so I don't want to necessarily be obligated to do that every time. Even though it's a simple edit, I'm an incredibly lazy podcaster, so uh, this may just be a really weird thing that isn't referencing anything that's actually happening right now, Uh, but... Project Metal Beast. It's the movie I'm watching this week, and I am very excited about it. Fucking cyborg werewolves! The last time I was this excited to watch a movie, it was when I learned that Jay Leno's character in Americathon was named Poopy Butt, and I didn't even end up watching that movie. I probably will uh, when I get to my choice pick, which I don't pick randomly, obviously. I I pick that deliberately, and it might be Americathon so I can figure out the mystery of Poopy Butt, but in the meantime, I get to watch fucking cyborg werewolves in Project Metal Beast. Did you hear the sound? I don't know if you did or not, but this is going to be fucking awesome. Or it's going to be incredibly disappointing, I don't know. That, that happens all, all the time as well. Uh, Project Metal Beast, uh, directed by Alessandro de Gaetano, I think that's how you say his name. It was in 1995, and uh, this guy doesn't have a lot to his name as far as a director, but he does, strangely enough, have one movie that I already have on my list to watch. I don't know if I'll ever get to it, it's a movie called Butch Camp. And it's kind of a weird example. I, I, I always talk about I have this list of like 10,000 movies that I have access to to watch. And uh, I, I think I said this on a previous podcast. The reason I formed that list in the first place is because I had this other plan for another podcast called 5x5 Five Five, where I would watch five movies every episode all tied together by a common theme. So I started finding all these movies to fit that podcast. And I downloaded Butch Camp because I, I think I had like a like an in-the-closet or coming-out-of-the-closet uh, five by five episode plan with like in and out and but I'm a cheerleader and I believe Butch Camp was on that, but then I realized after I got it that it it didn't actually apply to that. I thought it was about a guy going to like a a pray the gay away camp, but apparently that's not the plot of that movie. Uh, it's sort of like that. It's actually kind of the reverse of that. But anyway, I won't even get into that. I'll get into that if and when I ever watch Butch Camp. But I do have something else directed by Alessandro De Gattano. It looks like a terrible movie. So. By by rights, this might be a terrible movie. But even if Project Metal Beast, it, sorry, I keep pausing. See now, now I have to do it because I keep pausing every time I say it. But the movie that I'm gonna watch, uh, it could be bad and it could still be good. And I don't mean even like so bad it's good. It can be cheesy and campy and still be fun. It could be fun bad. I'm just, I mean, I'm hoping it's fun bad and not like Invisible Maniac bad where it's just bad bad. Uh, but anyway, uh, Alexandra G- Gattano directed it in 1995. 
And it has one of my favorite character actors of all time, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show's Barry Bostwick. And I'm not really a Rocky Horror Picture Show fan, necessarily, mostly because I used to work at a movie theater where they played it like every other Saturday, and it soured me on the experience of watching the movie because all the Rocky Horror fans would come to it, and they're the most insufferable people ever. So, uh, fuck that movie. But I love Barry Bostwick. He's, he's one of those actors that always... He always commits. It doesn't matter how shitty the movie is, and he's in a lot of shitty movies. The movie I'm about to watch is probably a shitty movie, but he always makes it better with his presence. He always knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. He's campy. He he fucking eats the scenery, or chews the scenery. I guess it's the same thing, but they always say chew. Nobody ever says eats the scenery. But uh, Barry Bostwick, fucking love him. And uh, he's actually in a lot of movies that I have uh, to watch that are on my list. Uh, he's in 2010 Moby Dick, which is an asylum movie where a, a Navy captain hunts Moby Dick. And it's I, I only want to see it because Barry Bostwick's in it. Uh, it's got, I got Megaforce, of course Megaforce. I'm c- curious if maybe that's even too well known for the format of my podcast, but I've actually never seen it, so I want to watch it. So that's, that's probably going to be uh, sometime down the line. And he's also in Spy Mate, which, if you listen to my Collision Course episode, Pat Morita is also in Spy Mate. So I'm going to have a crossover with Barry Bostwick and Pat Morita, both in a movie about a monkey that becomes a secret agent. I Fuck, fuck Project Metal Beast, let's just watch that right now. <laughs> no, I can't do that. Violates the spirit of the podcast. And, and again, I don't know if I put in the, the little music cue. Uh, and then he's also apparently in Fantastic Planet, which is a weird animated movie that I want to watch eventually. This was before even Rocky Horror, and apparently he's the, the narrator for the American version. And I, I don't know which version I have, if I would be watching the American dub or if I'd be watching a, like a subtitled version. But who knows, maybe I'll, I'll get another Barry Bostwick performance uh, down the line when I, when I pick that for my animated week. And it's also got Kim Delaney, and Kim Delaney I'm not nearly as excited about because she's not Barry Bostwick. But who can be Barry Bostwick other than Barry Bostwick? Uh, but she's got a, a couple of movies on my list. The Force, which is a 90s TV movie about a, a cop that dies and then his ghost possesses uh, a rookie cop to avenge his murder. Uh, there, there's Temptress, which I think is Kim Delaney becoming a succubus or something to that effect. Uh, I think it has the guy who played Frank Lapidus in Lost in it. And she's in Darkman 2, which I will eventually watch for my franchise week, because as, mu- as much as Darkman is a well-known movie, the franchise itself uh, is not necessarily as well-known. Not a lot of people have seen 2 or 3 or the uh, the TV pilot that they made. Yeah, there was a TV pilot of Darkman. You could have been watching Darkman the series, but the fucking network heads stupidly put the kibosh on that. I don't know. I've never seen the pilot. It might suck. Uh, and then uh, Kane Hodder is in this as well. I, th- I think he plays the titular Metal Beast. And, of course, Kane Hodder has been in everything. Uh, he's most well-known for Friday the 13th, even though he didn't start playing Jason until, like, the 6th or 7th one, I think. He's in, a, like, a bunch of franchises that I'm going to watch. Children of the Corn, The Watchers, Wishmaster, Scanner Cop, Ghoulies, and so on. Uh, a couple of incidental ones as well. He's in City Limits, uh, which is, a, like, a post-apocalyptic movie, I think. Uh, there's Nine and a Half Ninjas, which I'm pretty sure is, like, Nine and a Half Weeks, but with ninjas. I think that's the premise of it anyway. And he's also in a movie called Prison that I want to watch, which is like a it's, a, it's like a haunted prison, and it's uh, one of Viggo Mortensen's first movies. Uh, but anyway, that's that's the cast and director of this movie, and, and what I might be watching down the line. Okay, now I was going to say, like, now I'm about to watch, but I don't want to say it again, because I don't want to risk not putting that sting in, and, and like, it's just sounding like a fucking jackass, like, hey, you're going to hear this music sting, but fuck it. Project Metal Beast. I'm going to pause the podcast now, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you what I think. Wash the bodies carefully and take them to cryonics. I want them in the freezers immediately. 
You have to go to autopsy, sir. That's standard procedure. No. Yes, sir. You should be incinerated. That way there won't be any evidence. No, I can't do that. I think we're just going to put everything on hold for a while. We need to find a way to control the process, maybe even enhance it. Okay, then we need to do a full prep. Do you want to replace the blood with glycol before they're frozen? No, it's too dangerous. If the bullets get dislodged, all hell will break loose. Mr. Miller? Ah, how's the girl? Uh, she's still sleeping. Good, I'll send a medevac unit down to get her out of here. How are you doing? I'll survive. I'm uh, sorry you had to see all of this, Dr. Barnes. It's created a lot of problems for us. Unfortunately, you're going to have to surrender all of your records. Everything associated with this program has to be destroyed. But you can't destroy all this. We need our records to... I don't have time to argue with you, Dr. Barnes. Please show Agent Berger to your office. When you're through, send her body down to Cryonics with the others. And I'm back. And I've watched Project Metal Beast from 1995, directed by Alessandro de Guitar. I don't give a fuck. 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 Alright. You know, fuck, you know what? Fuck the music sting. Fuck it. This movie sucked, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to give it that. I don't, I don't want to give it the satisfaction of an awesome metal fucking diddly do after I say the name of this shitty fucking movie. I'm going to say it a lot, and I'm going to say it like, like, and I'm still going to pause, and it's like, you're waiting for this thing, but you're not going to get it. Because this fucking movie sucked. Ah, in in the immortal words of Kevin Sorbo. See, right there, I was going to put in the thing where he goes, Disappointed! But I'm not even going to do that. Because even that's too much effort for this movie. Fuck this movie. Project Metal Beast. Oh, you could have been so awesome. Oh, god damn it. You know... I mean, it's hurting the ratio is the big problem. I keep saying, like, well, you know, there's been some bad ones. Invisible Maniac, Robin and the Dreamweavers. But overall, more good than bad. This is another bad one. And it's just, it's so demoralizing. More just from the fact that it's it's fucking Project Metal Beast. And it's, and at least the implication of that, when you find out it's a sci-fi werewolf movie about a werewolf with metal skin, that's... I assume cyborg werewolves. They're not cyborg werewolves. It's literally just metal skin. Like, you th I'm thinking like a cybernetic eye and like a rocket launcher on its back and a metal claws. A cyborg werewolf. It could have so easily been a cyborg werewolf. Why wasn't it a cyborg werewolf? No, it's a werewolf that it's got it's got metal skin, which is... it's. Okay, here's the thing. It's got metal skin, and you're like, well, that's useful. Maybe a cybernetic arm wouldn't be as useful as not being able to get shot by silver bullets, which is the werewolf's one weakness, so you've created an indestructible werewolf. And yes, technically, you'd be right. That would make sense. I wish the movie would have articulated that point, because there's not even a scene where it's like, I can beat you because I've got the silver bullets, and I'm going to shoot you, and then the bullets bounce off him, and it's like, oh, it's a werewolf, but you can't kill it. That would be the scene that you demonstrate to show the efficacy of the metal skin that you just put on your fucking werewolf. But they established the gun full of silver bullets, it's literally a Chekhov's gun full of silver bullets, and they never fucking fire it! Well, that, that's why it's a Chekhov's gun, obviously. That's why it's literally... A, well, I guess it's not literally a Chekhov's gun because that's from a, a play where an actual gun appeared. It's a... It is a Chekhov's gun with silver bullets. Fuck it. I... Ah, oh, this movie was so goddamn bad. And that... I mean, that sounds like a nitpicky point. So I don't want to, like, throw that out there first and just, like, like to make you think that, oh, I'm just... Maybe I'm just, you know, applying my own biases and, and absent the fact that I wanted it to be a different kind of werewolf, maybe it was a good movie. No, this movie was a piece of shit. Ah. Oh. 
Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go into it. Project Project Metal Beast. Right away, the movie like gives away its entire plot in the like the text crawl. You know that little like superimposed thing where it's like they're in Budapest or wherever. Like the X Files had in every episode. Where this has like Project Operation like Lycanthropus, I think is what it was. Which Lycanthropy is a thing. Lycanthrope is a thing. I don't think Lycanthropus is a thing, but it's Project Operation Lycanthropus. Uh, location: the Carpathian Mountains in Hungary. Goal: werewolf blood. I think I think they even say like for the purpose of creating a super soldier. It's like show don't tell, motherfucker. That's you don't do all of that. You do the one of you do one of those things, or maybe two of them. You say you know operation whatever, and here's where you are, and then you show the fact that an agent is hunting a werewolf, and that's the opening scene. And even that is done so poorly. You have these two agents, and uh, they're they're you don't I mean you know they're they're somewhere in the Carpathian Mountains, and they find this church, and then just there's a werewolf there, and it pounces on one of the guys, and then. They shoot it, and that's the end. They don't try to do anything clever or novel with it. it. Like, I'm thinking they should do, like, a like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer sort of Joss Whedon-y thing where you, you think it's a werewolf movie where, like, a werewolf is hunting a... Maybe it's in a church, so maybe it's a nun. And then, you know, the, the, the twist is sort of like, uh, speaking of Jason, and Jason goes to hell where you think he's hunting the girl, and then the girl's working for the government, and they all shoot down Jason. Do, like, the werewolf equivalent of that where, oh, these SWAT guys that you wouldn't expect to be in a church shoot down the werewolf and save her, and then maybe the nun's a witness so they shoot the nun you know clever clever things like that clever setups that you then pay off no this movie doesn't do that it's just here's a shitty werewolf costume and it's a fucking shitty werewolf costume to be fair when you get to the the metal beast part where he has the metal skin it looks a lot better but fuck I mean, you know, I, I know I, I recorded a, a whole podcast about Matango, the, the attack of the mushroom people, where I, I went into this whole diatribe about, you know, maybe the Jaws philosophy about not showing the monster right away and not showing a lot of it, you know, maybe that's uh, wrong. Maybe I was trying to be kind of counterintuitive, like maybe we should see the monster and see more of it, and that was my big problem with Matango. Well, this movie, we see a lot of the monster, and we see it throughout the movie. Well, kind of. They, they still kind of lag in the middle, but... uh Fuck if I didn't want to see this goddamn monster. Again, going back to Buffy, it looks like if you ever saw Buffy, if you saw the werewolf episodes with Oz on Buffy, and the werewolves were like the shittiest thing they ever did on that show. Well, that's not true. They did the Go Fish episode with the the creature from the Black Lagoon thing, and the Pangs episode with the Native American ghost, and Beer Bad with the K... Okay, there are... Buffy's a great show, it's a classic show, but there are a lot of shitty episodes of Buffy. A lot of shitty episodes of any show, but when you focus on them like that, it sounds really bad. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> this fucking werewolf is just, it's bulky and fat, and I don't know that this was Kane Hodder. I know Kane Hodder, because when, you, when you, you see the actual Metal Beast, which I know is Kane Hodder, he's much sleeker and, and moves a lot better, and you can tell that the guy who would later go on to be in a lot of monster suits, uh, Hatchet was another... Uh, movie franchise I'll probably watch eventually that Kane Hodder's in. Uh, the Hatchet films, I think there's like four of them. Uh, but yeah, you, you could tell like somebody's in that suit that knows how to move around in a suit like that. Maybe maybe he is also in the werewolf suit. Maybe the other werewolf suit was just more poorly designed, but it just it does not look good. And it, it sets you up for a, a bad movie. And then it pays off as a bad movie. So maybe it's good that it's bad because, or at least that the suit is bad because it, it kind of, you know, it sets your expectations right at the right level. Uh, but anyway, they, they've been hunting this werewolf. They kill it, but it kill it, the one guy, uh, his partner gets killed. And I, I keep saying the guy, I think his name is Butler. I think that's the character's name. He's played by John Morelli, who he is so obscure as an actor that he doesn't even have an image on IMDb. 
but I recognized him. I couldn't figure out what I could, where I was placing him. And it turns out he was, I think, one of the bad guys on The Secret World of Alex Mack. And he's in 30 episodes, apparently, according to his IMDb page. And I also recognized him from an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I did remember that. And uh, he's actually a very, well, I wouldn't say very good actor. He fits the role well. He's playing like a, like a CIA wet works operative, and he's very sort of grim and, and amoral. And he, like, he watches his partner die and doesn't do anything because he knows his mission is the werewolf and nothing's going to get in the middle of that. And then eventually he mercy kills him and it's sort of like a cold, calculating move. Uh, and he, he, he does that very well, well enough that you wonder why isn't he in the movie more because eventually he... Like he gets the, the the werewolf blood, which was their mission. He brings it back to Barry Bostwick, who's like the, the his CIA handler, and they're working on this mission to essentially reverse engineer supernatural creatures or forces, whatever you want to say, for military purposes. And they they want to inject this blood into somebody to to experiment on to see if they can turn a, a soldier into a werewolf. And he says, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll put it into myself." But Barry Bostwick's like, "Nah, that'll that might fuck up the mission. If the experiment fails, we lose a good agent." But he, he breaks in and he does it anyway. He injects himself with the werewolf formula and he turns into a werewolf. And at this point, I'm assuming, okay, well, this character is going to go back and forth between human and werewolf. And I kind of like the character. And so that's going to be a captivating protagonist, maybe an amoral protagonist, not necessarily a hero, but a protagonist in, a, in an amoral sort of universe. And then he becomes a werewolf. They shoot him with silver bullets, which apparently in this universe don't kill werewolves. And I'm going to get back to that because there's a lot of fucking bullshit with the mythology of how werewolves work. Uh, and then they they assume he's... Well, they, well, I have to talk about one of them. They assume he's dead, but they imply that if they pull the silver bullets out, he will wake up, which is a part of va- vampire mythology. If you pull the stake out of a dead vampire, it reforms. I mean, that's not every... Uh, you know, mytholo- it, Of course, Buffy, they dust if you put, put a stake in them, but I believe House of Frankenstein or maybe House of Dracula had a very famous scene where he, they pulled the stake out and then Dracula came back to life from a skeleton. Uh, but anyway, that that is a thing that is in some vampire lore, not in werewolf lore. And, and I, fuck it, I'll, I'll get to that because I have a whole fucking section in my notes about that shit. But anyway, they, they put him on, in cryogenic freeze, but the implication is that he's either dead or at least brain dead. And then the movie cuts to 20 years later, and he's still in cryogenic freeze, and they're like, well, we have this other project now, this other military uh, project that we're trying to get off the ground, about metal synthetic, or no, it's about synthetic skin, but it we keep fucking it up and keeps turning like as hard as metal. And Barry Boss was like, well, that's secretly, he's like, well, that's really what I want. I want to create soldiers with metal skin. But more importantly, I want to create a werewolf soldier with metal skin. Even though the one werewolf example I have is this guy who hates me because I'm the one who shot him and will only want to get revenge on me, and I never realized that for the entire movie until the very end when I'm confronted by the werewolf and I try to just play on our past relationship, which is bad, even though I... And I know that, but he's like, Oh, don't kill me. I'm just the guy that shot you and treated you like shit and kept you in a vegetative state for 20 years. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Sorry, I sound like a crazy person raving about this, but it's a piece of shit. Oh, and it's just... I'm an amateur writer. And I say amateur, I'm i am not going to make any claim to being an expert or, or being a professional or anything like that. But I at least like to think that I understand a little bit about story structure, and that's what pisses me off the most about this movie, is it feels like it's at the script level, and it's just a hodgepodge of nonsense. Hodgepodge of nonsense. That's that's a good name for a podcast. I don't know what it'd be about, but 
but no, it's it's it insults me as a writer that that this got made, and I don't know if that's actually the case, or maybe if it was multiple scripts kind of stitched together in a, ironically enough, a Frankenstein esque way, considering we're talking about werewolves. Uh, but I don't know. It's just it's all over the place, and it just it doesn't care that it's bad. It doesn't care that it's not explaining itself. It just keeps going, and and it just assumes that well, we got a fucking metal werewolf in it. You're gonna like that shit, right? When all I'm thinking is, well, it should have had a fucking cybernetic eye and cybernetic claws. So fuck it. That 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 could have saved even the rest of the bad movie if it had just been a cool cyborg werewolf. But it wasn't even that. Uh, so anyway, twenty years later, they've got well, they've got this werewolf on ice. They never explain all the people that he bit why they didn't become werewolves, and they never do that because he bites other people when he wakes up. Spoilers, he fucking wakes up. You know he's going to wake up. And uh, so anyway, they, they have this body, and Barry Bostwick tells the, the team that's doing the, the, the synthetic skin research that they're ready for human trials, even though they say they're not. And then, they, and then he says, well, yeah, but we got a cadaver here. He says he's, he's dead, and, and by all rights, he seems to be dead. But then he wakes up in the middle of the procedure where they put the metal skin on him, and I guess it's skin grafts that are supposed to sort of merge with the rest of his skin, and then eventually that carries over to him being a werewolf. I mean, it takes its fucking sweet time. I think it's like 50 minutes before we actually get full-on werewolf, maybe 45. Uh, and we get more of it. I mean, we certainly get more werewolf than we do Matango, but Matango also had interesting characters that I could pay attention to and, and be engaged with independent of the mushroom people, whereas this movie has nobody I care about. Barry Bostwick saves the movie. He's, he's doing his Barry Bostwick thing, and he's fun, and he knows exactly what kind of movie he's in, just like always, but it's not enough. And Kim Delaney's fine, I guess. She's, you know, typical sort of final girl character. Uh, and I liked, I, like I said, I liked John Morelli. I liked him as a, uh, well, I liked him for the amount of time he was on screen, but uh, once he goes down as the werewolf in the first 20 minutes, he doesn't come back. Uh, am I talking too fast? I feel like I'm talking too fast. There's just, there's a lot to get to. And I like to, to keep these under like a half hour for the review, but I just have so much hate for this movie. And I don't even hate it as much as Invisible Maniac, but I don't feel as passionate about, or I didn't feel as passionate about that as I do with this, just because it was called Project Metal Beast, and I wanted a fucking cyborg werewolf, and it didn't give me that, so it made me matter. Like, like Invisible Maniac was like rapey and gross. Like, I should be more mad at that, but I'm more mad at this for some reason, because it, it violated me as a fan of cyborg werewolf movies of which there are none as far as i can think of so like the one time i could have gotten one and i didn't uh so anyway uh, project metal beast it's just how poorly made it is let me just go to my list uh they have in the first 20 minutes that segment i'm talking about where he's he becomes a werewolf and he attacks these scientists they have a scene where they they have a shot where he like he dives behind a, a bookshelf to attack a lady and you don't see it it's off screen and then they fade out. And then they fade back into the exact same shot where the lady just sort of wakes up and she's like bloody. They fade out and then into the same shot. You're not supposed to do... There's no indication of... I mean, the indication is of the passage of time, but did he get up and leave and not kill her? If so, why? If not, why not? I don't know what happened because the visual language of the film is so piss poor that they did a fade out and then a fade in on the same fucking shot. And then, of course, they don't explain why she doesn't turn into a werewolf. And, and then later on, there's a, there's a scene where one of the characters, they're, they're running out of a room, but they're not, like, running from a werewolf. It's not like, oh, we just got to get out of here. They're, they're just, we got to hurry to another location because I think they found something, they found something out that they want to... Anyway, the, the point is they're not um, in a position where they might trip over a chair, say, 
And you would understand it because they were in such a hurry that, oh, look, they tripped over a chair and maybe that's something's going to slow them down because they're being chased by a werewolf. No, this is just an actress trips over a chair because I think the actual actress literally tripped over that chair. And instead of going, let's do another take where you don't trip over that chair when you leave the room, they just left it the fuck in. And she's like, oh, and then she sets it up and, and the, the guy like comes out, like, oh, are you okay? And then they just make it a character moment that this character just happens to be clumsy and it never comes up again because it was literally just something they didn't want to reshoot. They didn't do a second take. And that leads me to think, did they ever do a second take? Did they ever try? Was this the Ed Wood style of filmmaking where they were like, yeah, that's fine. All this stuff is fine. And is that is that why they had to do the fade out and fade in? Because they, they didn't want to do a second take. They fucked something up and they had to hide it with a fade? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe they just never did a second take in this whole goddamn movie. And I mentioned the silver bullet gun, but in that sequence, you basically uh, Barry Bostwick's character, who is essentially a villain, not essentially, he's obviously absolutely a villain and he has a a gun with a open thing of silver bullets in his desk and kim delaney opens his desk and sees this and goes what silver bullets and at this point we've established that there is a a werewolf creep like creature but i don't think there's been a scene in fact i'm almost certain there isn't where barry bostwick explains oh no this is literally a werewolf this isn't some genetic mutation that i've created in a lab that resembles a werewolf this is the legend of a werewolf and therefore the legend of werewolves being killed by silver bullets applies to this werewolf and yet Going back and forth between this scene of Kim Delaney finding the silver bullets, you also have uh, her male love interest hero guy melting these these silver medals that they, they established in a previous scene. I think they're like medals of honor or something. It's a military installation. And he's melting them, and he's melting them into the tips of rocket launcher bullets. Even though it's not been established that, at least to him anyway, that silver would be a thing that destroys them, such that he would melt like like cherished medals of of honor or freedom whatever they are and then like he puts them on a on a rocket launcher i guess cuz he knows that the werewolf has metal skin even though that's not even really i mean again because they've never demonstrated they didn't have that scene which you would have in a movie like this where you shoot him with a silver bullet and it bounces off and they're like we got to come up with something better like going back to buffy i keep referencing buffy when they fight uh what was it the the judge, I think was his name, he's like this blue-skinned demon, and they're like, no weapon forged can kill me. So they try to kill him with forged weapons, and it doesn't work. And then they bring out a rocket launcher, because it's not a forged weapon. See? It's a clever setup and payoff. A thing this movie doesn't know how to do. And so anyway, he's like, I guess we're going to need a rocket launcher just arbitrarily to kill this thing. Even though it's a rocket launcher, it'll kill anything. And I say that because... This movie also hasn't established anything about the, the mechanics of how werewolves work, where it's not like in the Monster Squad where they blow up the werewolf and then it reforms because it wasn't a silver bullet. For all these people know, even if silver is its weakness, maybe a rocket launcher would also do just as well. Uh, it's full disclosure, I, I wrote uh, werewolves into a thing, and I actually had to explain this because I, I, I'm a good writer. So I sa said that silver... Basically, it just took away their regeneration factor, their regenerative ability. So if it's at all in their bloodstream, then you could kill it. So you could technically shove a grenade in its mouth, but, you know, they're so fast and strong, by the time you try to get close enough to it to do that, it'll probably kill you. So that's why you need the silver. And if you shoot it in the heart, or the, if you shoot it in the head, it dies instantly. If you shoot it in the heart, it, it goes through its bloodstream and eventually dies, and it gets paralyzed, and you can go up and kill it. You can kill it with a sword if you want. That was in my, the mythology of my... Uh, movie that I wrote. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm halfway through the script. In fact, I'm going to cannibalize a lot of it when I get to the, the uh, cinematic universe. It's also got Frankensteins and Dracula's and stuff in it, too. 
a fair warning. Uh, but anyway, that's the kind of work you put into world building when you're a good writer and you want your, your script to be good. But this movie didn't do that. It also didn't even really establish that the werewolf can regenerate, which is kind of important, I think. If you're, you have a very specific way you need to kill it, I think they need to try to kill it another way and then it doesn't die that way. Like you chop off its arm and then an arm grows back. And I understand low-budget movie, maybe you can't do that. But I feel like you can do something to that effect, especially when you see a point where he's human in his human form, but he's already a werewolf and he's got bullet holes that uh, that start bleeding. Maybe you see them sort of seal themselves up, something like that. I don't know, just spitballing here. That's what fucking good writing is. Fuck this movie so much in its face. And and I'm just I'll just get get that out of the way too. The maybe this is more fundamental than anything else. Project Metal Beast, a movie about werewolves. I don't think it understands the difference between werewolves and vampires. And that sounds fucking ridiculous. How could you not? Except this is a movie where I, I mentioned the thing where they were pulling out the silver bullets and it was like bringing it back to life. Or the suggestion that it would bring it back to life. In fact, that's that's how he's brought back to life. And then later on, uh, the, a cross repels it. He, he jumps through a, a, a door and the, Kim Delaney has a cross around her neck and he stops and he doesn't attack her because she has a... Crosses don't hurt werewolves. Crosses hurt vampires. And I, I'm even thinking, like, the, when they find the werewolf in the beginning, he's in a church, which, I mean, yes, vampires would burn up in churches, or, or at least feel, you know, pain, they, they would, something that usually religious artifacts hurt vampires, but that's also iconography that you would associate with vampires because of the religious connection, at the very least, with the exception of that one howling movie where they were nun marsupials, dressed like nuns. I don't think you associate were-creatures with churches necessarily. So I think, is it also possible that in addition to never doing a second take, this was also originally a vampire movie and somehow they made, just made it into a werewolf movie? I know there's like a Project Vampire movie or something like, I think it's actually called Project Vampire. Was this that script? And then they just said, let's do Project Werewolf 2? It's not even Project Werewolf, Project Metal Beast. And yeah, no, fuck it. I'm not putting this thing in. Fuck you, Project Metal Beast. I'm going to say your name and I'm not going to fucking do the metal thing. I hated this movie so goddamn much. This movie hurt me. This movie hurt me as a lover of film. Oh, and yeah, uh, like I said, no, nobody turns into a werewolf after they're bit by a werewolf. Maybe because they didn't also drink the werewolf's blood because this movie thinks werewolves are vampires and that's usually something that's thrown into vampire mythology to justify the fact that every, every person a vampire bites doesn't become a vampire. But that's never a thing with werewolves. Werewolves, the thing that stops people from becoming werewolves is werewolves usually eat all the body so you don't need anything like that so they never do that but this werewolf leaves all these bodies behind and they never become werewolves so there's that also sometime sometimes a fire extinguisher can knock them out i don't know why but like like literally at one point they it's the werewolf's outside and they shoot it with a fire extinguisher and it it goes down and that makes it become like a half werewolf there's like a half werewolf face which is a cool image i'll grant the movie but it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because nothing in this movie made any fucking sense. This movie was goddamn awful. Uh, and I think that's all I have, except I did want to mention one other thing, uh, not necessarily about the movie itself, but, you know, I do my research, I go to Internet Movie Database and, and Wikipedia and stuff, and uh, I found, this is just a thing I, I like to find whenever I'm looking up uh, user-generated trivia on something, where you kind of get a sense of the personality of the per person that's that's putting it up there, like uh, when I talked about the Wikipedia entry for Lou Scheimer and it mentioned an off-kilter Dutchman, and I'm like, I wonder if that guy just really hated Dutchman. But, uh, but no, this one... The, the guy who wrote the trivia, specifically the goofs about the movie, 
on the Internet Movie Database is clearly a guy who's really into, like, military stuff, and his goofs seem to ignore a lot of much more pertinent structural problems, where, like, the first one is... Um, well, uh, Barry Boswick's character mentions that uh, the the corpse is safe because it does it wasn't experimented on via germ warfare because uh, it was from Langley and the germ warfare happened at uh, at Plum Island, but the thing is Nixon canceled germ warfare at Plum Island, so that was done in the fifties, but not the seventies when the movie takes place. Who fuck who the fuck cares about that? And then then later he says, uh, well. Barry Bostwick's character is only a colonel, and the guy who runs the facility is a brigadier general, and they would ne- uh, nobody would ever let a colonel supersede the orders of a brigadier general. Really? The werewolf gets repelled by crosses. You didn't notice that? I just like that that that's what you care about, and not the the obvious things that are fucking wrong. They they faded in and then faded back or faded out and then faded back in on a shot that was the same shot. The lady tripped over a chair and just kept going. Didn't notice any of those things? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Fuck Project Metal Beast is the ultimate point here that I want to get across on my podcast, Headcanon. Oh, God. Fuck this movie and its ass. And uh, keep, But please, stay with me, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build out a cinematic universe for this piece of shit that doesn't deserve it. And I think the movies I'm going to pitch are going to be much better, because I'm imagining them in my head, and everything you imagine is always better than the reality. So uh, that's going to be what I'm going to come back with. I'm going to pause the podcast here, and then I'm going to come back with my cinematic universe for Project Metal Beast. Still no sting, you fucking... Ah! You people in Washington have absolutely no regard for humanity. The hell do you think you are, General? Aren't you a trained killer? My God. He's ripped his throat out. I'm trained to defend my country. I don't know how the system produces scum like you. (laughs) What system? Ah, the old ways don't exist anymore, General. Here I am trying to make your job easier, and all you do is resent me for it. It's just so confusing, isn't it? Bullshit. What about this poor man? What am I supposed to say to his family? Huh? What a waste. Well, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that, General, because you're not going anywhere. Stand up. Oh, 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 don't even think of it. Toss it over here. And your walkie-talkie. At my feet. You're not going to get away with this, Colonel. Why don't you hang around here for a while, Leslie? I've got some work to do. Oh, don't wander too far. I hear it's dangerous out there. You son of a bitch! And I'm back. And I'm going to try to calm down a little bit and get through this a little more logically. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna not think about how much I hated that movie. I'm not gonna let it get to me. I'm not gonna let Project Metal Beast win. I'm going to win over Project Metal Beast by pitching a lot of movies that are better conceptually and presumably in execution than Project Metal Beast. And uh, as I start all of the, this segment all the time, and sorry if I sound a little punchy, like I said, I've, this is the third of these I've recorded today and it's kind of getting late. Uh, I could stop at any time, I suppose, but I'm not going to. But anyway, uh, spoilers from this point forward, if I didn't spoil anything in the review, uh, I'm gonna spoil everything here because I gotta talk about like the ending and things. Fuck this movie didn't really end in any way that it was satisfying anyway, and you shouldn't watch it. So, but anyway, if you do care, spoilers abound. And 
Also, if you want to email my podcast to request that I review a movie, hopefully one that's better than Project Metal Beast, you can do that. It's at headcanonpodcast at gmail.com. That's H-E-A-D-C-A-N-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And that is canon spelled like the military instrument, as I always say, because I picked the stupid name. Fuck, listen to the previous podcast to get the, the less drained and demoralized explanation for that. Uh, but that's also the name of my website, Headcanon Podcast, spelled the same way, uh, .blogspot.com. If you found me through iTunes, you can uh, you, please subscribe, by the way, if you found me on iTunes. If you're listening to me that way, please subscribe, please rate, review. But you can also find me at the Blogspot link. Uh, all the, uh, the episodes are there as well. And um, like I said, please, please request that I review and build out the cinematic universe for another movie that is better than this movie, because this movie sucked. I like my pitches. I think they're fine, mostly because I stray a lot from the original source material, but there's just there's that. That's a thing that I need. Anyway, I start with the sequel, as I do every week. And I believe I alluded to this earlier. I'm cannibalizing a lot of this script that I'm, I've written. The script is called League of Darkness, and it's basically all the... Uh, the universal horror monsters, or rather their public domain equivalents, who team up together into like an Avengers-style superhero team. Don't steal that fucking idea, people. Uh, it's, it's not a very clever or original idea. Uh, I actually p- was going to pitch it to the Asylum if I ever could. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's what I'm kind of I'm taking elements from for, for this. And, and I think that kind of gives you a hint as to where I'm going with this, where uh, I'm basically bringing in all the other monsters for the sequel for Project Metal Beast. Project Metal Beast is, of course, the, the werewolf, but you also have Frankenstein. You have the Gill Man from Creature in the Black Lagoon. You have the Mummy, and then, of course, the Bad Wamajama, Dracula. So I'm saying uh, the operation continues to take monsters and re- re- reverse engineer their powers for military purposes. And Barry Bostwick, even though he does technically die at the end of the movie, he's back. You see in the, in the movie he gets scratched like the side of his face, and then he gets like a, a Project Metal Beast metal arm through his, his stomach. But he comes back, and he's got like an eye patch, and he's all scarred. And then he's got like metal kind of gears you hear like inside of him, so that he's been brought back to life via cybernetics. And he's essentially a Frankenstein monster. He's Cyberstein. They, they brought him back with Frankenstein technology. And the way you find this out is uh, sometime after the events of Project Metal Beast, he's raiding that same church that they raided in the beginning to find the werewolf because they found out that that was actually where Dracula is. And the werewolf was sort of like his bug man because, you know, Dracula can control you know, creatures of the night. So they realize that, that this other supernatural being was just under their noses. So they go back and Barry Bostwick comes in. Like uh, Dracula's play, playing a priest and he's uh, doing like the, the blood of Christ thing and like feeding the nuns his blood and shit and like creating a coven of vampires or at least trying to and then they, the SWAT guys raid the church and they, they take him out and, and uh, they, they subdue him they, they take him alive and uh, the Barry Bostwick comes in with his scars and his eye patch and his fucking worrying and that's when you kind of get the hint that oh he's you know he's something other than human now and then when they take Dracula back to uh, the, the sort of like again I keep referencing Buffy sort of like the initiative like that secret government facility for supernatural creatures they find you know the, the, the corpse of the metal beast or at least the pieces that have sort of they found because it, it does explode at the end uh, but they also have the, the body of Frankenstein's monster brainless in sort of a glass case it's like oh they reverse engineered the technology to bring Barry Bostwick back to life because he was the only interesting character in the last one and then uh, Dracula, of course, gets his own cell, and so they're they're building this sort of 
you know, not necessarily a team. It's not exactly like League of Darkness, my my amazing script that I'm going to finish one of these days. Uh, but it's it's something sort of like that, where they're gonna they want to create their own team of agents with the powers of these creatures, or at least that's the plan. Uh, so I'm saying we just we see this plan fail in spectacular fashion, where you know our protagonist is a volunteer this time. He's a, a good guy soldier who volunteers for this secret sort of super soldier project, not realizing that it's Project Metal will fall over again. Except they think maybe they can control it better. Maybe they put a chip in his brain or something. I don't know. Uh, but this time it's even more advanced, and it's like a nano wolf thing. It's sort of like going back to to, J, uh, to Jason X, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, where you know he he gets destroyed and then they, he gets reformed with nanobots into like like Super Jason, sort of like that, but a werewolf version. So you have that character. They've they've also found like the creature from the Black Lagoon, or again a public domain equivalent of it, uh, sort of something similar to Abe Sapien from Hellboy or uh, the monster from uh, The Shape of Water, or some like a cross between the two. I don't know if he, maybe he speaks or he's monosyllabic or maybe he communicates telepathically. I don't know. Uh, but then of course you have Frankenstein's body. And I'm saying maybe another character's brain gets put into Frankenstein's body, like a maybe even like a, the, like the female character, like the female love interest uh, dies. But then the, the scientist is like, well, we do have a body ready made to have a brain implanted into it, so we could keep her alive. But it happens to be Frankenstein's body, so it's like a weird sort of transsexual thing. Uh, that I actually took from League of Darkness. Uh, that was Igor's thing. Was Igor wanted to, to have its brain, his brain, taken out of his crippled hunchback body and put into a woman because he wanted to live life as a woman. So you have that sort of plot element there. Uh, so you have them, and then I'm thinking the the thing that the the change agent, the agent of chaos that sets everything in motion is they find this like scarab that's possessed by the spirit of this ancient pharaoh. So it's sort of like the mummy thing, and that activates all the dead bodies in the morgue that they were testing on as zombies, like. Like the, the one zombie that gets a hold of this pharaoh thing uh, becomes sort of the reincarnated form of the pharaoh, becomes the ultimate sort of mummy villain, and that's sort of the villain. And uh, the, the nano wolf and the, the lady Frankenstein, uh, they have to bust Dracula out of the, the super prison in order to get his help to stop it, because he, he knows undead better than anyone. So it's these three, well, and then of course they bust out the, the gill man as well. So it's those four uh, against the mummy in a secret government lab where cyborg Barry Bostwick doesn't really know even what side he's on. Maybe he just wants to kill them all. So he like has like guns and shit coming out of his hands, and you know he's like, sort of like Tetsuo the Iron Man. He's got you know a body full of weapons. And and does that already not sound better than everything I told you about fucking Project Metal Beast? I mean, come on, that's got to be fucking amazing. Uh, I I don't know what you even call it. Project Metal Beast Two, better than the first one. <laughs> that's a good enough title. That's all I got. Uh, so that gets me to prequel. And, and I'm going with the butler character, the John, uh, I think it's Marzilli is his name? I think that's it. Uh, he's the, the, the amoral wet works operative that I talked about that becomes the werewolf. But this is, of course, a prequel, so this is before he becomes a werewolf. But the implication of the, the first scene of the movie, other than that the movie's going to be really bad, is that this character already knows about werewolves. And you can assume that he was just debriefed and like, oh, by the way, werewolves are real and you're going to hunt one. But I'm saying he brought that information to the agency and we tell the story of how he learned about were creatures in the first place. I'm saying uh, the original, that scene is set in the 70s. So I'm saying this is like a Vietnam era story where he was a Vietnam vet who encountered I'm saying like maybe wear rats or I don't know what what what's an animal that's native to, to Vietnam? 
I'm asking you rhetorically as if you're going to answer me back. I don't know why, but uh, something like some kind of rare creature that he encounters in Vietnam with his platoon, and of course his platoon all dies. So it's another thing where it's like this is also where he became sort of amoral and he learned to value his own life above the, the lives of even his own fellow soldiers, but also that this weird supernatural shit was there, and then he brought that to a young Barry Bostwick and said, no, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to weaponize this. So it's like a, like a fucking supernatural Vietnam horror movie. And, uh, again, I don't even have a lot with that, but it still sounds a lot more interesting than what Project Metal Beast was. I don't know. I, I sh- guess I shouldn't keep reiterating that. I, I feel like you get the point that Project Metal Beast was a terrible movie that you should never watch. And, and that gets me to, uh, to my spinoff. And the spinoff, I'm, again, there aren't a lot of interesting characters in this movie to spin off. And I guess you could you could go with Barry Bostwick, maybe do like a cigarette smoking man from X Files sort of thing, like his life and work with the supernatural. You know, we already used him in my sequel, and I don't want to necessarily retread things. So I'm going with more just a general conceptual spinoff, where it's the Wetworks team that uh, John Marzelli's character Butler was on. Like it kept going because you know, there's that gap between the 70s and the 90s. But I guess it takes place in modern day. They, they don't really age Barry Bostwick up a lot, really. But uh, there's that, that gap of 20 years where his one project seemed to fail, but then he brings it out of mothballs to, to add metal skin to it for some fucking stupid reason. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm thinking he was like, well, that's the one supernatural creature I, I definitely know of, but others have to exist too. So it's all about the team of fucking badass CIA assassins sent to get supernatural creatures and reverse engineer their supernatural natures for the military and i'm thinking you can you can have a group of like the human kind of supernatural character like you can have a witch or like a telepath or telekinetic or something uh you can have maybe maybe you even go with some of the other lesser known uh like universal horror monsters or classic monsters i also did this in my league of darkness by the way like uh, maybe they, there's a, a guy who's like the, the rough and tumble guy who actually has jekyll and hyde's formula so he can inject it to him into himself and temporarily get like a beast form and then there's like a ninja who's like he always has his mask on he's sort of like uh, uh what's the what's the ninja's name from gi joe the ninja from gi joe the good one i guess i think there's an evil one as well who's like the exact same character just with a different color because that's how they did fucking toys back then but i'm saying they have a ninja but then the reason he doesn't take his stuff off all the time is because when he does he's the invisible man he, he that's how he's ultra stealthy is when he when he strips down and he sneaks through shit and he's an invisible ninja because isn't that fucking awesome and then you can have this this squad of characters led by like a, the normal average joe guy who you know he's kind of creeped out by the supernatural and, and hates having to lead this team I think they did a Marvel Comics thing of this with it was Sergeant Rock and his Howling Commandos, but then they turned them into like supernatural creatures. I want to say that was a thing. Uh, maybe it was Frankenstein and the Howling Commandos. Now that I think about it, because there is a version of Frankenstein in is that Marvel Comics or DC Comics? I don't even remember. I haven't read comics, uh, at least Marvel and DC, in a long time. Uh, as much as I'm a huge Marvel fanboy for the movies, uh, but anyway, that's the idea. It's it's a, it's a, a wet works opera, uh, operation made up of, of human monsters hunting monstrous monsters. Uh, and that's that's my spinoff uh, for Project Metal Beast. Again, better than Project Metal Beast. And that gets me to Crossover. And this one, I went back and forth. I, I was originally thinking, if you ever saw the Guyver movies, they were movies I loved as a kid. I'm almost certain they don't hold up if I tried to watch them again. I know that because they have uh, Jimmy Walker from, uh, <laughs> from fucking Good Times in it as a monster that says dynamite. So yeah, I'm almost certain those don't hold up. 
Uh, I mean, visually, maybe they were they were made by the same guys who did the special effects for Reanimator, and I think Jeffrey Combs is even in it. I know David Gale is in it. Sorry, I'm babbling. The Giver, great series of movies based on a Japanese manga. Basically, it's like R-rated Power Rangers, where it's like this metal suit dude with blades in his arms that kills monsters. Anyway, I always distinctly remember. Well, the thing I remember about that movie is that the poster lied to me because it says Mark Hamill in the Giver and you have like half a Giver face, like the suit face, and then half Mark Hamill's face. And then you watch the movie hoping that Luke Skywalker is going to become a superhero and, and fight and save you and, and be your dad because your dad didn't uh, uh, love you very much when you were a kid. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but <laughs> no, you think Mark Hamill's going to be in the movie. But he's and he is he is in the movie, but he's like the grizzled cop side character who eventually transforms into like a like a slug monster I think, but he's not the Giver. Some other fucking guy you don't care about is the Giver. The movie poster lied to me, and I've always held it against that movie. Uh, but otherwise, I think they were, again, I think they were okay movies for kids, even though they I think at least I think the second one was R rated. I think the first one was PG or PG thirteen. Uh, but anyway, another thing I remembered about that movie was a line that that stuck out to me where uh, they're they're talking about the the monsters. I think they were the Zoonoids, was what they were called, and. David Gale says, David Gale, if you don't know, he's the guy who was the uh, the head that, that gave the lady head in Reanimator, and then he came back in the sequel with bat wings attached to his head so he could fly. Uh, those are great fucking movies, by the way, if you've never seen the Reanimator series. Uh, but anyway, David Gale says, you know, all these creatures, these aliens that can take human form, these shapeshifters, you know, in the past they were called vampires, they were called werewolves, you know, they were called creatures of legend. And so I was saying, well, what if... What if the werewolf in Project Metal Beast was just one of these creatures? And so you have a fucking cyborg werewolf. Uh, and this one, yeah, I would I would retroactively you know, retrofit it to be a cyborg werewolf. And the Giver fighting together against aliens. Wouldn't that be cool? But that's not what I picked. I went through that whole big fucking spiel for nothing because that's not what I went with. Uh, because I had a better idea, and that's when I thought about this being sort of a period piece. Like I said, it it starts in the 70s and then takes back up in the 90s, but then you have all of the 80s in the middle of there to to play around with. And like I said, that that was kind of what my spinoff was, but it's also what my crossover is, and that's another way you can bring back Barry Bostwick because he's still working on this stuff. And I'm saying you cross it over with Atomic Blonde. If you saw that movie, it was uh, Charlize Theron as a, a government agent uh, working in Russia because she knows Russian and knows the, knows the scene, and she's fighting Russian spies. And that one, it's like like the end of, of the 80s. It's it's the Berlin Wall falling. But I'm saying this is sort of a prequel to that where it's, you know, communism is still around, but it's it's in its waning days. And uh, maybe, you know, the guy various could be in this too. You could also have, like, private corporations because the aliens were, like, a private corporation in that movie. But I'm, I'm saying more importantly... You have uh, Barry Bostwick thinks there's some kind of supernatural creature in communist Russia, so he sends an agent who eventually gets bit and becomes a werewolf, and maybe they're finding the Gill Man, maybe the, the creature that, from the Black Lagoon kind of thing that they eventually find in my sequel that I pitched. Maybe this is where they found the government found him originally, but you have a new uh, werewolf secret agent hunting. Because I'm thinking the Gill Man because, you know, it's Russia, you have Chernobyl, you have radiation, three not Three Mile Island, that was America, but you have Chernobyl, so I'm thinking maybe the idea of the creature from the Black Lagoon, it was, I believe, created from atomic testing. So I'm saying this is sort of like a like a you know a version of that where the creature from the Black Lagoon or this version of it was created in Chernobyl. I don't know if there were any bodies of water near Chernobyl, but anyway, that that's sort of the setup. So you have a werewolf teaming up with a sexy agent, secret agent Charlize Theron to find a fish man. Uh, and then, they, of course, they have to decide whether to hand it over, but that's sort of the sad ending. It gets handed over to the government, even though they find out it's not a monster, and it's all sweet. 
And, you know, it's, it's a, a sad, somber uh, end to that movie that sets up a badass sequel with fucking Cyborg Frankenstein. <laughs> and that's, that's my crossover. And uh, that gets me to Gritty Reboot. And this one, you know, if you listen to my first franchise episode, it was between episodes 10 and 11. It's when I watch the entire franchise of something, usually trilogies. Uh, I mean, I don't know how far I'll go with that, honestly, as far as the amount of movies I'll watch for that. But the first one I did, I watched the Tetsuo Trilogy, which was uh, a, a series of Japanese cyberpunk films uh, directed by Shinya Tsukamoto. And... I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know anything else he's ever directed outside of the Tetsuo Trilogy. I mean, I know he has a lot of movies. I've never seen any of them. I have the uh, Nightmare Detective 1 and 2 on my list to watch. Uh, the, I guess it's like a, a detective that can travel into dreams or something like that. Uh, but So I don't know if he ever returned to the cyberpunk genre, but I'm saying that I want my gritty reboot of Project Metal Beast to be the cyberpunk movie that I didn't get in the original Project Metal Beast. I want a fucking cyborg werewolf, and I want Shinya Tsukamoto from the Tetsuo Trilogy to bring that to me, because he loves he loves cyberpunk, he loves body horror, and I want this to be all all about that shit. And I'm saying, fucking don't even bother recasting. Uh, Kane Hodder can still play the werewolf, he's still playing monsters, he was just in the last Hatchet movie, and Barry Bostwick's still kicking around, he can be the, the villain. You know, maybe even make it like a soft reboot, soft sequel kind of thing, where, like, somehow well, I mean, if you want to introduce Cyborg Frankenstein as well, I'm not averse to it. But in any case, bring Barry Bostwick back because he's fucking Barry Bostwick and he's awesome. And uh, that's that's all I got. That's my gritty reboot for Project Metal Beast. And that gets me to the back half where I talk about stuff that is in movies like TV shows and video games and so forth and starting with the TV show. And for this, I'm thinking you go kind of like an Incredible Hulk route where it's like one guy with a secret other life and, and supernatural... Uh, second personality that comes out when he's angry and it has to put him on the run but of course in this case it's it's the the metal beast the the cyborg werewolf and again it's a fucking cyborg werewolf fuck you for just giving it metal skin that was so god i gotta let it go i gotta let it go and just just keep going <laughs> as i'm going but yeah the tv show uh, and again you would you would have it be no, maybe, I was going to say, because in the original movie, the thing, one of the things I did like in the original movie was you had this kind of amoral assassin character become the werewolf. I didn't like what they did with him after that. I liked how they established it, but they never paid it off right. But this this way, I'm saying you have, like, sort of a, like I, I talked about with my, my sequel, you have a good guy werewolf, but maybe you also have that amoral character as a bad guy werewolf that, like, you have both of those characters sort of as protagonist and antagonist chasing each other across the country, or rather the bad werewolf is hunting the good werewolf. Maybe he has even a whole squad of werewolves that, over the course of the, the, the series, they're hunting this guy who escaped, but they're becoming more and more of a pack, and they're losing their allegiance to the government as they, they get their thirst for killing, as they've all been turned into werewolves. Uh, actually kind of reminds me of a, there's a, another movie that I'm going to watch for this podcast eventually called Full Eclipse with Mario Van Peebles and uh, Bruce Payne about cops that become werewolves and hunt criminals. Uh, but anyway, uh, something like that where it's like a CIA what works operation of werewolves hunting the werewolf that got away. And maybe, you know, he's got the, the, the scientist, the Kim Delaney character is following him and, and kind of, you know, on his side. You know, but they, they cannot consummate their love because they'll have werewolf babies. You know, just something for an arc. I don't know. I didn't really plan out an arc for this, but just you know, that kind of structure, you know, on the run, uh, cross country Americana kind of show, but with werewolf fights. Um, and I was also thinking, if you don't want to go that route, just go full-on, like, 90s animated show like Street Sharks, but with werewolves. I mean, I'm sure they, they did that. I know they had, I think they had, like, Monster Force, which was, like, 
basically the plot of League of Darkness, but as a cartoon. If I'm, I never saw it. I've only seen like like clips and images and stuff of it. But I know they've done something like that. But but the cyborg element is what what differentiates it. So it's like you have the cyborg werewolf, but you also have like a cyborg fishman, a cyborg were rat, a cyborg were dinosaur. I don't, I don't know, fucking, you know, cyborg or people that turn into to were creatures that turn into cyborg were creatures. Uh, that that would be my idea for the awesome extreme '90s cartoon uh, of this property. And, and that actually gets me to my video game. That's actually a good transition because uh, for the video game, you know, I keep going like, oh, survival horror, something like that. And, and you got the lab setting that might be interesting. But then I thought I could use this as an opportunity to redeem something that, that I've been mad about for years. And that's a Nintendo game called Werewolf the Last Warrior. I don't know if you ever played this. I hope you didn't because it was fucking shit. And it was one of those games that stuck with me forever. Like, this was a terrible game and I, I it, it ruined my weekend when I rented it because, you know, you rent a video game and it's like, that's all you get for the whole weekend before you have to go back to school and I got Werewolf the Last Warrior. And it was a great premise for a game. You're a guy fighting as a werewolf. But it just, it just sucked. It was just horrible gameplay. So I'm saying you just do that, but good. So you have a character and you have like the, the series of power-ups where you start out as a guy. The more you fight, eventually you become a werewolf. And then throughout the level, you can find cyborg attachments to become a cyber werewolf. And you got to fight eh, cyber Frankensteins or whatever. You, whatever you fight. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to tell the Nintendo producers how to do their jobs. But uh, that's basically what I would do is uh, werewolf the last warrior, but, you know, not shitty. Much like my remake of, of Project Metal Beast is basically redo it, but not shitty. Uh, that's what I would do for the game as well. And since we already have a, a an extreme '90s cartoon uh, of of uh, Project Metal Beast, it just sounds like a '90s cartoon, doesn't it? Uh, you can also have the '90s beat 'em up based on the '90s cartoon, just like you had. You know, I th I don't think they had a. Sh I I know they didn't have a Street Sharks game because I would have played the shit out of that. But they did have the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. That was a, a video game based on a show that you probably didn't know either of those things existed about anthropomorphic cows that are also cowboys in a, a futuristic version of the Wild West where people are animals. That was a thing that sounds terrible but was probably better than Project Metal Beast. Uh, but anyway, that was that's my idea for video game. And that gets me to merchandise, and there was really very little for this one. I mean, I was thinking if you want to sell, like, crosses that are specifically designed to repel werewolves but not vampires, because apparently that's a thing that exists... Uh, but then I thought uh, there was that moment where the guy melts down the metals to make silver bullets. And I'm thinking, you know, in our age of Trump, I was kind of inspired by, if you've ever seen the commercial for Trumpy Bear, where it's these, and I, I think it's a real commercial. I don't think they found out that it was like a fake sort of performance art piece or something. I can totally believe if that's the case, like if it was an adult swim thing or something. But I think it's real. It's an infomercial for Trumpy Bear about these Trump voters that have this teddy bear dressed like Donald Trump. So I'm saying it's in that universe of like right-wing infomercial fodder where you have uh, these special commemorative silver coins that you can buy that have Trump's face on them. But you don't you don't buy the coin. You buy so, you buy to pay somebody else to melt that coin down into a silver bullet, and then they will send you the silver bullets so that you can kill the deep state werewolves that are trying to take Donald Trump down, because the government is of course making metal evil metal werewolves uh, to to take down Donald Trump. Uh, that's that's I think that's how they got Michael Cohen and his uh, financier and all these other guys. I think it was Deep State Werewolves. So I'm saying you have like an infomercial line where you you sell these these special commemorative silver bullets to kill the werewolves. That's <laughs> that's what I came up with at 12:35 uh, at night as I was writing these stupid things down.
Uh, so anyway, that gets me to porn parody, my favorite <laughs> part of the show, the part that makes me feel bad every week. Uh, this I don't feel bad because, fuck, this movie should be dragged through the mud and its reputation sullied much like porn does, I guess. I don't know what that means. Sorry, I'm getting really punchy. Uh, but the porn parody title, Project Metal Beast, so I'm saying Project Metal Breast. I think that works. Pro- metal Boobs, maybe it's like a... Uh, what they call a Russian massage film, if you know what Russian massages is, that's when you, tit fucking is also what it's called, or you, you, you use the, I don't want to go into details about like actual sexual acts, that seems like I'm going a little too far, doesn't it? Let's just, you can Google that on your own, but uh, so, you know, Project Metal Breast, also Project Metal Beef, if you want him to have a metal dick, you know, beef, as you may or may not know, is a, another thing sometimes people call dicks, beef, uh, Hot beef injection, as they say. Okay, I'm just going to move on. That gets me to number 10, the drinking game. <laughs> I got to know when to when to hold them and know when to fold them with this podcast. And I think it's when I talk about hot beef injections. I think that's when I go, okay, that's when you shift to the next segment. In fact, maybe that'll be my transition from now on. It's like, I think I'm done. What do I say? Oh, hot beef injection. That's what I say. But no. Uh, last part, drinking game. And I'm saying every time you see an obvious mistake that, like, a third grader would fucking know how not to make when they're making movies, all those third graders that make movies, uh, they do now on fucking YouTube, and they're all better than this fucking movie. But anytime you see, like, an obvious production mistake that that anybody should have avoided, you take a drink, you might die just doing that. Uh, I'm also saying, uh, I'm just saying, fuck it. This movie's lazy, I'm going to be lazy. Every time you see a werewolf kill, take a drink. That I mean, you get enough of them, that's fine, if that's all you're into. Uh, that's my review. If, if all you like is shit, then you'll like this shit. Uh, and then finally, take a drink every time this movie mixes up vampires and werewolves. That's a lot as well. Uh, so anyway, that, that's, that's, that's my episode devoted to Project Metal Beast. That's all I've got. That's, I'm done. I can't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's just going to make me matter and matter. I want to go to bed. Actually, I'm probably, am I going to stay up late? Am I going to watch another movie? I'm going to do a fourth one tonight. It's almost one o'clock. No, this is it for me. Uh, but the next movie, the one I'm going to watch probably tomorrow and record another episode about is, uh, uh, I, I already picked it. Like I said, these are randomly picked, but I, I have a new system where I pick them all beforehand. Uh, every 10 episodes I pick beforehand. So this week is, uh, th- this week was my sci-fi pick. Next week's episode is going to be for my modern pick, which is any movie from the 2000s and over or 2000s and, and past the 2000s. I don't know how you would say that. Uh, that, that is uh, separated from classic which is everything from the 60s and before. So everything from 1969 and before. This is modern. So any movie post-2000s counts. Doesn't matter what genre. And the movie I got was actually an action movie that came out, I believe, last year, 2017, called The Assignment. And it's a movie with uh, Anna Lucia from Lost, who is, I be- what I know of it is, it's the guy who did The Warriors, the guy who directed The Warriors. And it's about a an assassin, I want to say, who gets a sex change operation against his will and becomes Michelle Rodriguez and then has to hunt down the, the rogue plastic surgeon that, that did the job. And I think it was like revenge for killing his daughter or something. Actually, it's her. It's Sigourney Weaver is the doctor. And I think a guy kills her daughter. So Sigourney Weaver, who's a plastic surgeon, turns that guy into Michelle Rodriguez and then he's still an assassin. I think that's the plot of the movie. But again, I'm really tired, so that might not even be the plot of the movie. I, that's that's as close as I can get in the wee hours of the night. I don't know if, if you've even been hearing like the crickets and the ee sound, like the, the sounds of the night behind me. I don't know if the mic ever picks that up. But anyway, that's that's the episode. That's uh, 
that's headcanon for this week. Thank you for listening if you were able to get this far. And as Johnny Red always says, walk on water, eat bullets, and shit out ice cream. Have a good one, everybody.